Welcome to the Empowering Industry Podcast, a production from Empowering Pumps and Equipment as the voice of the pump and related equipment industry. Hey, everybody, and welcome to episode 54 of the Empowering Industry Podcast. I'm your host, Charlie Matthews, and I'm joined by my co-host, Bethany Walmack. Hey, Charlie. Hello to all of the listeners. It is May when you are listening to this, which always blows my mind that we are already in May and it's, you know, it's been a good year. I'm excited for more things to come like the podcast today where we're going to talk about something in social media, preview the news for empowering pumps and equipment and connect you with a really awesome industry influencer. And I'm just spoiler, so excited about who we have today, but I guess, you know, you gotta wait. You gotta wait. Yes. Uh, but just know, just be live with the anticipation for the next 20 minutes while we get there. And while you're here, please do us a favor and leave a rating and review wherever you're listening to us or watching us. We really appreciate that. We read your feedback and we take it and it really helps other listeners find the show so we can just grow our community even more. And um, we're going to start like we do each week. And I'm going to ask you, Charlie, how's your week? I had a good week, a challenging week, but a good week. But before I get into that, I want to just bring up that it is Mental Health Awareness Month. We're in May, like she said, and we want to make sure that we focus on this because I believe that all of us are really acutely aware of our mental health, uh, especially going through this pandemic. And a lot of us did shift and make health the priority, right? We changed our lives and really focused on how we could be better. And so I've done that. I've been, you know, going to the doctor more. For people who have followed my journey, they know um, that I have a leaky valve in my heart. I have a bicuspid valve instead of a tricuspid valve. And so that really, on a regular basis, kind of stays in my mind because I can kind of feel it. And so this week, I did have some, you know, challenging news because it was, I found out that it was leaking more than it, than we thought. And so I was told to go to a surgeon and you know, just that anticipation of that and just the knowing that, okay, you know, this means something a little different now is a challenge. And so I had tennis this week and the my team had been praying for me and like asking me about it before the match. And I wasn't myself. I'll just say I didn't play as hard as I normally would. I didn't go after the tough ones. And that was the struggle in my own mental health of like getting over the news that, okay, this, you know, might have to have surgery or, you know, even talk to a surgeon about it had me in a different mindset. And so I just think people need to have ways to get them out of that kind of woe is me. This is terrible. Like, and I think it's a challenge if you don't have the tools, you don't haven't learned or tried to learn, you know, how to deal with your mental health. Um, and so I wanted to give some tips, right? So we're all about tips here. And which I really appreciate. Cause I will say like, one of the big things I think I've learned about mental health, you know, like I've had my own different mental health struggles throughout the years or whatever. But the the thing is you have to learn that it's okay to feel the feelings. Like there's nothing wrong with having these feelings. There's nothing wrong with you. But having the tools to help you learn to cope with them is like the goal. And so what are your tips? I, I love it. Yeah, because that's the thing. I mean, if you don't, if you don't know 
how to get out of that stage, then you'll stay there too long yes. and that yes. affects your body. So for me, like after I told people, like, I'm going to take a little break from tennis, um, I had a good cry. So there are some things that relieve stress and this is proven. Okay. I've read it mm-hmm. in a book somewhere. Uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> we read it on the internet. Okay. That's right. So okay. <laughs> definitely true. But the, you can, you can yell really loud. You can cry, which is a, you know, a lot of the ways I deal with stress. Sometimes I have a good, a good cry. You can breathe, you know, breathing techniques kind of calm you down, take a walk, do something different, uh, talk positive to yourself. And so I just want to just say thank you to you. First of all, Bethany, because I was kind of talking to you about this, that I was going through it. Uh, and she just texted me that, phrase, you are strong. And I don't think that she knows this. She may, I guess that's why she might've sent it to me, but that's what I told myself. Anytime that I feel like unhealthy, when I was trying to get my health back after my wreck, I had to tell myself that I am strong. And actually saying that and reading that and believing that is how you kind of pull yourself out of this kind of gloom and doom place. And so I just encourage you to first realize the emotions that you're having, the feelings that you're having okay, this is crappy. And then, okay, how we're going to get out of it. And having somebody like you, Bethany, in my life to kind of send those uh, positive words to me, uh, make sure you have one of those in, you know, if you don't have one, we can be that for you. So just let us know. Yeah. Well, and I, I mean, I'm just going to stay here for a few minutes and our listeners can be good with it because it's a, it's our show. We're going to talk about whatever we want to talk about. But I think too, like through the pandemic, just realizing that everyone has a story and everyone's going through something. And if you can approach all of your interactions throughout the day that way, you know, you're just quicker to give people a little more grace when they're um, struggling with something and just having like true and honest conversations with people, I think, and maybe going through your own stuff makes you a better, better at empathizing for what other people are going through. It's so true. It's so true. Maybe I said you were strong because you told me that years ago. I try to repeat that to myself. I told myself that the entire pregnancy uh, with Jack to help get me through through all of that. And it's just, it's an important reminder. And sometimes you just need to hear it from someone else. So, And it's what we value. We actually value being strong and independent. And, you know, this showed me that I wasn't as strong as I thought. And then you reminded me like, oh, but you are strong. And it was just like, Okay, that's all I needed. Yes, I am. But I'm going to measure it here. And I'll also say, I've got to bring this up. I'm scrolling through my Instagram stories, of course, looking at Bethany and her kids. Um, (laughs) But this girl who's an engineer, Chloe, the engineer, she posted about, it was her six-year anniversary. um, And she's got the EKG hookup to her. And this is some things that I have to do every time I go to the hot doctor. So it like paused me and Mm -hmm. and I read her story. And she talked about, you know, she was a soccer player, changed her life. She couldn't do soccer anymore. She had the surgery. And now she is, you know, six years from that. But I just know her as Chloe the engineer, like, and I don't know anything about soccer. And so she makes such a difference in my life by posting that. So I know that was a little off from traditional podcasts, but it just, it's meaningful. It shows yes. you how people connect and how your social connects. So Anyway, Bethany, what about you? Tell us something to get us back on track. Um, wow. It's it's really hard to follow up with any of that. Let's see. How was my week? <laughs> um, one thing that we did that brought me joy and brought me some purpose this week, which I always feel like brings me out of a funk when I felt like I'm in a funk, is you and I sat down and we had a, a planning conversation, planning for a photo shoot for Empowering Women that we're going to do. And it's 
For one, it's exciting because I feel like we're taking baby steps out of pandemic life and planning things together where we're going to see people safely. I'm so excited. I just, yes. it, it's going to be amazing. So I'm just yeah. so excited. Yes. And, uh, you know, photography and doing uh, visuals is a big part of my skill set and what I enjoy doing. And so talking about being able to bring that photography element back in is really exciting to me. I can see it, Bethany. I I know you can uh, visualize the steps, right? Yeah. Well, and so it's it's exciting that that's coming up and then we get to work on that. And then I had dinner with a friend. And, you know, like I've just now started really like getting out of the house and like eating dinner on a patio again. And so I had dinner with a friend and we just sat there and talked for like two hours. And um, that's always just really restorative. So however you can feel comfortable and safe doing something like that and connecting with someone, I highly encourage it. It made my week. Yes. I, I'm so glad too that we are we are taking the steps. I got my shot this week. I didn't mention that, but I got my shot this week. So we're counting down the days to, you know, moving around, getting back to it. Um, yes. Yeah. Okay. So let's get social. This is where we're going to talk to you about something in social media. What do you think, Again. Charlie? Yes. <laughs> There was a smooth transition at some point, and then I blew over it. And so here we are. What's going on, Charlie? Okay. Well, we want to invite everybody to our meetups that are next week. Uh, The Empowering Women Meetup is going to be May the 12th, every second Wednesday at 11 Central Time. And then our Empowering Brands Meetup is going to be Tuesday, May the 18th, and that's every third Tuesday, 3 p.m. Central Time. It's fun. You know, connect with us. It'll be great. Seeing these dates reminded me to tell everyone, if you're listening to this when it comes out, Monday, early May, next Sunday is Mother's Day. So do whatever you need to do to start planning. And this is my test to see if Mark Womack listens to the podcast. I'll report back. Yes. And happy Mother's Day to all our moms. Yes. For sure. Yes. Okay. So those events, pre-register forms so we can send you the Zoom link and then shout us out or do something awesome that we can shout you out on the podcast like you just did for Chloe, the engineer. We want to make sure to tag her and, you know, just sharing your stories. We love doing that. Yeah. Stay connected with us at Empowering Pumps or using the hashtag Empowering Industry Podcast. We watch those things and yeah, we love giving the shout outs. Okay, Bethany. So I'm really excited because we're talking about something that I wrote up today to share my wisdom and knowledge with all of you. We've kind of talked about it a little bit, but I put something together called the five steps to planning for your marketing photo shoot. Um, So this is for all of the marketers out there that are listening to this or salespeople or engineers that are like, hey, you know what? We need more photos uh, for my company. I just kind of want to walk you through my thought process and what I think will make for a successful photo shoot for you and your company. Well, before we get into number one, I just have to say that last night I was doing my leadership training in the power of five. And so we're on the same page with our five steps. Yeah. uh, We're so connected. I love it. Okay. So number one, write down your goals. I mean, we tell people this all the time, but we've got to know what we want to use our photos for. You know, do you want to use them for social print, the website? It could, you know, be anything. Um, But one of the tips that I think is really important is how long do you want to use these photos? And we get into this or have in the past and learn from it. You know, don't put the date on things if you're, you know, wanting them to last. Even like your, your backgrounds and things, are you taking a picture in front of a sign with a date on it? So really take a, take time to plan that out and, and know, you know, it's better if you have these 
photos that are evergreen. It's just better. Okay. You can use them. I mean, Bethany, we've been using our photos that we took back in, I don't know. I had brown hair then. So. And the thing I see the most that really dates photos is when people don't realize there's seasonal decor or seasonal things in the back of their pictures. Like you're close to Christmas and you're doing a street photo and there's a Christmas tree hanging up and it it looks kind of weird if you're going to share that in May. Yeah, absolutely. So thinking through those kind of things. Yeah. Okay. So make sure that you, you know, just think about photographs and what you can do with them. I mean, we just take as many as we can. And there's so many different purposes. I mean, there could be you holding your coffee mug and you're talking about, okay, she's pondering on something, or you're really showcasing that you could get swag that has the logo on it, right? So there's lots of purposes for these pictures. So just have fun with it. Take as many pictures as you can. That's my favorite advice. Well, and with your goals, you know, when you say, do you want to use it for social print or website? It can be for all of those. You just need to make sure that you are communicating with your photographer, which is our next point, find a good photographer, what your goals are so that they can help meet that. So I'm a photographer. I do the photography for empowering brands, empowering pumps for Charlie for years. And so I think the tips to finding a good photographer is that you want to find someone who can really see your vision and who like can create compelling visuals. You don't want to find a photographer that you tell them, Hey, I want a picture of me on this couch and I want it to be exactly this way. You want to find someone that you trust, um, who knows how to do good things, who can bring their expertise in and make you look even better than what you saw in your head. If that makes sense. Absolutely. And you are a um, good photographer. It doesn't describe you. She's great and she captures your soul. So you do. I like that point. It is somebody who just kind of hears your vision and can capture it. Um, and so how you pinpoint those people is you would, you know, talk to them, make sure that you're kind of on the same page and ask to see an entire album of what they've sent to another client. Not just like they'll send you examples or you'll see examples on their website and Lots of photographers can have two or three really good images from a shoot, you know, but if you see an entire gallery, you can appreciate what they're going to deliver to you. Um, So that's something I tell everyone for sure. And then go in knowing that when you're talking about a marketing photo shoot where you're going to get content for your social media to use for multiple things, you might not be talking about the same photographer that you do for your headshots. Some photographers do beautiful headshots, have a studio set up, and that's what they do. But you're looking for a different look in this, you know? So uh, be open to the fact that who you've used for certain things might not be the best for this branding type shoot. Yeah, because you don't even know what you're using the pictures for long term. They could, they well, you do to some extent, but something's going to come up, and you're going to need a picture, and you're going to be able to pull from them. So you may not have this idea yet. So you just need to really kind of get a variety of different pictures within that scope of your brand and, and your vision. One of the things that I really like, um, number three, is finding and prepping the right people. People connect with pict- pictures. I was going to say people connect with people, which is exactly true true. (laughs) yes but it's because like it's kind of proven you know we we go and we look for the person in a picture um so a lot of the times we're posting about our products or whatever but our brain is going to go to the person in that picture so I would really kind of stress people to 
find find the people that either it's on your you or your team that want to be in the shoot for one um, and make sure that they're willing to do it. Yeah. Because people want to connect with those people on your team. They want to know who you are. They want to see. And, and for example, we're talking about kind of our own fo- photo shoot. And I was really excited to think, okay, what people from our industry can we put in there? Because I'm going to be excited to see their photograph shared. And I know people who know them are going to be excited. And I think that that's the real value that we're giving people in our marketing. This is who we are. This is what we stand for. Um, so keep that in mind, even if it is, you know, somebody not from your team, um, you can mm-hmm. have different, you know, find, find an activity for people to do. I love this one, Bethany, that you said, uh, this is one of my favorite memories of what we did in our original photo shoot. She's like, this is so exciting. <laughs> What do I do with my hands, you know? And, you know, if you stare at people, you know, I don't know. There was just so much like uncomfortable, like, mm-hmm. what do I do? What should I say? And so she would capture me like talking and different things. But if you have an activity, it makes it a little easier for people. So they don't have to necessarily be like, what do I do with my hands? Right. And that could be like a get to know you game with people or pretend they're presenting their elevator speech to the rest of the group, just anything to like get people out of their head a little yeah. bit or doing a product demonstration with your products. I think those are amazing photos too. Anything where people don't feel like they're posing. Yes. Yeah. We want to see real people doing real stuff. Um, not, you know, okay, this is awkward. What if- yeah. <laughs> so what else do you got about finding real people? Yeah. And so continuing on this point, It really means finding people who look like your target customer or the people that you want to connect with and interact with on social media. And so I feel like over the past year, I've tried to learn and grow a lot in this as a photographer. And we've been talking to different people for Empowering Women and different podcasts that we've been listening to talking about diversity, equity, inclusion, and how you can like really achieve that and steps you can make to achieve that better. And one of the things is making sure that your photos and your promotional photos are more inclusive. And you know, that means getting diversity in not only race, but age, gender, size, all of the things. And what I've learned is that I think like the more we learn about diversity and inclusion and what that looks like, we as marketers really do have a responsibility to make sure that we're listening to what people are telling me. So when people are telling me, you know, you don't have enough diversity in your pictures, I need to take that criticism and know that they're trying to teach me and make me better. And we need to make sure we're listening and we're learning and we think about that and make a, you know, a real effort. Yeah, it's definitely intentional. And we've seen that because maybe your peer group um, is not diverse. And, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, I can tell you I've been the only woman in a room for, for many times. I'm sure that's the picture that we have, you know. So um, it's being intentional about, okay, when there is another woman in the room, can you please come over here and get my picture with this awesome lady right here, you know? Yeah. So I think that's really important. Thank you for pointing that out. The other thing that's really important is finding the right location. And so there's a lot of different ways to do this. Uh, I think it's great to have, you know, pictures kind of where you work in your office space, maybe a warehouse, but picking out a space that, you know, and I'm saying, you know, like so many times during this podcast or whatever. It's because we know these things and we just expect you have to know this. We're telling (laughs) you like, yeah. Okay. So I think it's key. And one of the things that we've done, and I know that you you were doing it even just as you were visualizing this the other day, because I saw you send me a picture is go to the place, look at the 
session, you know, where are you going to have the session? Look for cool designs that represent your brand and make sure that that, that you do visit it. I mean, is, is the train going by at the same time you were going to have this photo shoot? I don't know that that makes a difference, but I'm just thinking sound all of a sudden. Anyways, but you know, make sure that you go and check out the place that it makes sure that represents you physically go, like we said, and take your teammates, you know, let them kind of feel that. I think that's really important, especially for events is that we go and walk the space, get the vibe. Mm -hmm. What is it going to feel like when we take our picture? So, yeah. So, and that leads us into number five, the final point, which is preparing to showcase your brand. So, when you're thinking about these pictures, you want to make sure that they represent your brand. And so that means having items with your logo or your brand colors. And it could be, you know, clothing people wear. It could be coffee cups people are holding or journals they're writing in, uh, having your products there that they can be with to take pictures or even, you know, signs, banners, things hanging on the wall that you want to match your brand colors. So when they're on your website, if your logo is red and your your red your website is themed red, you don't want people showing up in orange or having orange decor in the background because it's going to look weird on your website. So thinking through how to get your logo there, how to tell people to dress for the event. And then lastly, you really want to clean and have the area prepped. And when I am talking about this, I'm thinking specifically if you're going to be doing pictures in your office or you know at your plant or your warehouse. What you could do is you could talk to the foreman so that, you know, for one, they need to know that a photographer is going to be coming through because from experience, they get a little touchy if you just start walking through their warehouse and they don't know you're going to be there. So (laughs) rightfully so. But so they can have, you know, things picked up and the right things displayed. And, you know, I'm not saying you have to do a deep cleaning, but maybe do your hands like this, like make a little camera and say like, what's going to be in frame in this shot and let me get it prepped and hang some logos on the walls. It reminds me of when we did our first shoot and you came to the office and the desk was clean and I got this like message. I know your desk has never been that clean, Charlie. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But it was, I mean, the the shot looked good, right? It got their attention. It was wonderful. Uh, But I just thought that was really funny to add. Well, and one example, um, I did a shot, I did a shoot for Empowering Brands at at Lewa, and they had like logo signed branded hanging on the walls in their warehouse workspace. And it was just, you know, it made for better images that they can use. And so, you know, thinking through that kind of stuff, all of the things we've talked about, I think will really make your marketing photo shoot much more successful and give you more usable photos. And we know because we've done it. Yes. We know because we've done it. Okay. So last things, you know, take as many photo shoots as you can, but a minimum of one a year. I missed my, well, we had the empowering women's photo shoot at your house, but it wasn't the same. We we yeah. like our outdoor pictures, right? Well, and that was you and me. <laughs> like, yeah. it, I mean, we need some group involvement in these. We pictures. need other people. <laughs> we're tired of looking at ourselves. Yes. After a year of that, we, we were yeah. like, okay, we need some more. So we're excited about that. And we, we want to, you to do this. So you have a base for your content to share. So Mm -hmm. we know that photos get more attention online. So we want you to have this resource and you're investing in your future. You're investing. um, Like I said, we've been using pictures for, you know, I don't know, eight years or something that we've taken. And so 
you have this, make sure that you involve your employees, um, get their buy-in because it's really important. It's important that they show up and are ready uh, to have fun and understand that this is for our marketing. This is you know something that we're going to put out there. So take it seriously. You know, get the good shots and and so I definitely think you need buy-in. But it should be fun. And, yes. you know, lastly, I have to say this. Um, Bethany is the best, the best photographer. Um, and so if you need some help, I, I can hook you up because I know her. And yeah. What are you going to say to that? I mean, thanks. I don't know. It's I'm very <laughs> awkward. I'm like blushing. Like a lot of things that we talk about, empowering brands, this is this is what we do. We help empower brands to promote their mission and do their marketing and all these kind of things. And so uh, I think photography is a huge part of that. I think it's the first step. And, and we'd love to help you, seriously, mainly because I want to get out and take more pictures. So, <laughs> Well, we like to do the things that we're good at. Yes. Speaking of things we're good at. Into the news. This is where we're going to preview some news coming out on the Empowering Pumps and Equipment newsletter this week. We're going to start with the person of the week, who is Daryl Polston. So I met Daryl through Energy 2.0. He was telling an amazing story. And just to let you know, he's a process analyst, process improvement man. He is a team builder, servant leader. But what I found super interesting is that he started his career in upstream pressure pumping and so he's talking about cement and fracking and, you know, things that a couple of years ago was kind of my thing. You know, I was head on with creating uh, lots of content in this space. So I just fell in love with him. He's talking about, you know, the the people out there that are doing the work and their hard hats and their, you know, still to boots. You know, what's it going to look like for them in the future? And so it was a very interesting conversation. I think he's a very interesting guy. And I hope you'll take a look at his profile on our website. Yes. You can find his profile on our website in the show notes as well. You can check out previous people of the week. And you can also nominate someone who you know that we should feature as well. Okay. So I'm going to talk about this white paper and it's 10 ways to kill a diaphragm pump. Stay with us here. It's a white paper from Verner. It talks about an air operated du double diaphragm pump or AODD pump. They're very reliable. They're certainly easy to operate, but nevertheless, uh, there's a number of things that you can do to kill your pump. So number one, run the pump dry without limitations. Number two, run the pump with dirty or very humid air. Number three, start up your pump at full pressure. I know, I don't know about you, but I know these things are like the basics, okay? These are the basic things that you don't want to do. But you can go and download, download this white paper and find out the rest. So that's what we're going to leave you with, just the three. If you want to know all 10, we've got the link for you in the show notes. That's awesome. I'm going to be talking about a case study that Proco shared with us titled Eliminating Severe Water Hammer Issues with Proco ProFlex Style 750. Um, so it's a case study from Proco Products about how Proco's check valve rubber duck bill design solves a water hammer problems for the town of Boone, North Carolina. Uh, it's really actually a pretty long and in-depth case study article that they've shared with us that I found really interesting because they did this in 2013. And so now they've seen you know, seven years worth of the product working well and not having any more issues. But 
basically to sum it up, this town of North Carolina is really at a, a high elevation and um, the elevation and the pump deadhead pressures really created this perfect storm where they were getting a lot of um, severe water hammer issues there. I'm not as familiar with these kind of issues. And so reading the article, I found it very fun to read because they said in you know 1990 and then in, again in 2013, they, there was a violent water hammer event that caused all these issues. Yeah. And so if you've ever, we've talked about water hammer on here before yeah. and it's just like knock in or whatever. So I can't like imagine what this, this had to have been huge. I mean, it, I mean, if these valves, I've seen some of their pictures, they are huge valves. So, well, the one in 2013 destroyed uh, their current check valve. And so then that's when they went to Proco and replaced it with this style 750 rubber duckbill design. And the reason they did that is because rubber does absorb a lot of the energy. And so since 2013, they haven't had any issues with water hammer there. And I'm definitely leaving out a ton of details that I really did find fascinating. So I highly recommend reading this article, especially if you're into reading about violent water hammer events. And they are. They're, they're going to love it. It's awesome. So go check that article out. Now it's time. It's time. It's for the big deal. Oh, yes. Thank you. I got so excited about photography and mental health and uh, violent water hammer that I forgot to be really excited about our industry interview today. You have outdone yourself this week, Charlie, by bringing on Elena. So why don't you introduce her to everyone? Yes. Elena Rodriguez. She is amazing. She's Currently, uh, the water water engineering director at Indar, but she's so much more. And so that's why I got tongue tied there is because she has 23 years experience in engineering, field experience with turbine machinery and water engineering. And she's just an amazing advocate for the industry. She's such a role model for women in engineering, for engineers in general, because she understands, you know, what you need to do to start out. And she's been, you know, really understanding that, you know, falling into, and I won't tell the whole story, you'll get it from her, but falling into engineering and seeing the impact that she can make on the world. And she's been sharing her thoughts through our theory bites on empowering pumps uh, and so much more. So there's just a lot there. Uh, If any of the interviews that I've done, you know, this is one that I feel like you are going to love and you are going to be inspired by her. So take a listen. Well, and before we get there, I just wanted to share my experience meeting Elena. We met at some event I was with you at in Boston. What what event was that? Maybe I should not say this on the podcast if I don't remember the event. It was the water, you know, it was the water event for the New England water area. Um, it has some initials. I can't get it right. N-E-E something. Yes. That's right. That's right. Yes. Um, and so I met her there and she acted like when she met me, it was like we were old friends who have known each other for a long time. And we'd interacted on social media a couple of times, but she was just so kind and so much like we're best friends. Yes, of course. Like let's well, go that's to dinner. How I met her, and, you know, yes. Bethany, I met her through Instagram and then saw her at a HI conference and she did the same thing. She runs up to you and she's like, Hey, let's get a picture. Let's, this is awesome. I'm so glad to meet you. So genuinely awesome person. I just want to leave that kind of like, I want to leave people with that feeling where it's like, oh my gosh, she just made me feel so amazing. And I am really so proud of her for doing this interview. She just, she did another podcast, not our show, but uh, recently. And I know she's been, you know, like stepping out of her comfort zone because she has an important story to tell. And 
did this for so she could be on video so that other you know young women would see a person that looked like them talking about engineering and i'm she also she looks like charlie in the video plug for the youtube uh video because she's wearing a red blazer so i was like very on brand for our show thank you yes well, I have some really great pictures. She has a full suit that yes. it's like a, a reddish pinkish. Uh, it's beautiful. Uh, it's definitely yes. in our color wheel when we're talking about branding. But she's always looked great. We talk about yes. this, about her fashion and and just she's the real deal, y'all. Yes. We'll have her social media handles in the show notes. You definitely want to follow her because she shares some fun travel stuff too, along with industry stuff. Okay. So, you know, I, I'll stop talking. I'll let y'all listen to her yourself. It's a great interview. So here we go. I'm so glad you're here. You know, I have been wanting to have this conversation with you for so long. And, you know, we'll get into that. I think I expect people to know who you are just from being on social media, being in our magazine. Uh, But I'll start this conversation by letting you introduce yourself and kind of tell everybody who you are and what you do in the industry. I'm Elena Rodriguez. I'm a water engineering director in INDAR. I'm based North Spain in the assigned bas- in South uh, the Basque Country, and I work in India since 2000 in the pump industry since 1997. So 24 years now this year. That's awesome. Yeah, and so you you do all kinds of things. You work in different organizations and. What got you into the industry? I think that's a question that we all ask. Um, You're super involved in a lot of organizations and just online, but what pushed you into our industry? It was by accident or by coincidence. I was uh, towards my final years in the university and summer was around the corner and I wanted to start somewhere making like training or something like this. So I asked for internship, taking into account that there is a pump company in my hometown. So I applied for internship during the summer. So I started in 1997, like internship. Then they offered me for continuing like training during the final year of my uh, master. And when I finished the master, normally here in, in engineering, you have to make a final project. So they also offered me to make a final project in being the first CFT analysis of a centrifugal pump in Spain. That was quite challenging at that moment. So uh, I started there and in India in 2000. So a long trip since I started in the pump industry, but it was really by coincidence because there is a pump company five minutes walking from my parents' house. It's funny, but it's the way I started right now. I love it. I love it. I I love everything around water industry and pump industry. Yeah, and I love that. I love, you I mean, a lot of jobs are like that, right? You're trying to find what's close to you, how you can work and be close to your family. And so this is great that you gave you the opportunity to be in this field and be the first. I love when you create things. And so um, you've got that tied to your name quite a you know, quite a lot, being a, a woman in engineering, as well as, you know, being out there and saying, okay, I'm going to be a role model and, and move forward. So 
for, for people who don't know, she was our first uh, pump talk celebrity in the Empowering Pumps and Equipment magazine. It was a printed version then. Uh, we got to share it with your family, which was a lot of fun. And and then, you know, it wasn't that you, you know, that launched you or anything. You were already online and, and being a voice for industry. And so what do you, I guess, for the future or, you know, what is that part like? What is it like being the first being a role model what is that like for you i don't know exactly but i remember when i was in the university there were not many women in engineering in fact we were like five six uh, women in mechanical engineering so i'm very used about being the only woman in a meeting the only woman collaborating with something so at that moment there were not many role models to follow so I like to think that right now with all my activities, with my tasks in Indar, but also with the activities I publish in LinkedIn or my presence in different conferences, I can be uh, someone to inspire the new generation, the new generation of engineers, but especially the new generation, generation of women uh, in the industry, the new generation of engineers. I think it's very important to follow something. Yeah. Yeah. And to your point, you are an inspiration for all engineers. You're giving tools and resources online um, that people can, you know, come back to you. That was one of the things that you have told me in the past is that, you know, if somebody asks you a question, you try to respond to them and make sure that you are that resource. Yes. Yes. I mentioned that when I started with CFD, uh, it was the beginning in Spain. So every time I receive like an email from someone in the university, someone that is sending me an email asking for suggestions, maybe technical, maybe about the future in what company or what kind of business to try. I always answer everything because in my opinion, when someone is giving that step of getting in contact with you and sending an email asking for something, it's very important to connect to answer and to be very open and try to support and to transfer your knowledge to to other people. That's so important for sure. And uh, let's talk about a little bit more about what you do, because uh, I want people to get the scale of what this looks like. Uh, you know, I met you and you're working on the Late Me project. Tell everybody about that. Yes, when we met, I was working in the Lake Mead project. That's a project that finished by last year. Because of how the climate is changing uh, in the Lake Mead, there was a necessity for a new intake. So we were in contact many years back from with the people from South Nevada Water Authority and with the consultants supporting uh, this water authority in order to analyze the different scenario about the situation in, in, in the area, the situation of the new levels of the lake. So there was a potential necessity of a new intake in a very low level. So uh, I, I've been involved in the design of the pumping system for the new intake, 32 pumps, uh, in order to supply water to all the Las Vegas area. That's really important because Las Vegas is a hub uh, for fun, but also for the business. Yeah, I love that. And, you know, it's... 32 pumps, uh, you know, these aren't small pumps like that would fit, you know, in your hand here. These are massive pumps. So, I mean, do you like that part? 
at the end, I always say that the knowledge and the theory behind the small equipment is similar to the knowledge and the theory you apply when you design huge equipment. But the pumps in Las Vegas are, the ball are 40 and 41 inches. It's incredible. So I like to share the pictures because I'm really tiny and my size comparing with the size of the pumps is like, oh, wow, <laughs> these are pumps are huge. So it's, that has been a very incredible project because of the size of the equipment, but also because at the end you feel like you are contributing with your job to the wealth in the area, but also to the people living in the area because water supply is a needs, water is an essential business. And right now, because of the pandemic, we have realized how important the water is. So supporting this kind of project at the end is supporting the people living in the area, the people in, not just the business in the area, also the people living in the area. Uh, I think it's one of the best things of my job and the activities I I fulfill in my company. Yeah, I totally agree how important it is. And and I just think that you're doing amazing things there in the clean water space that is going to lead to other projects around the world because you're so, you're solving this water scarcity issue is what it is. Can you tell us about any other projects that you're working on? Yeah, at the end, water is uh, is an essential business and is water is water supply, but also because of how the climate is changing uh, store water is becoming an issue in many areas, many places all around the world, not just like the Caribbean, the typical places where you have like rainy season. Many places right now are suffering like uh, big flooding events with people living in the area. So preparing the the buildings, the area, the pumping station in order to be prepared for those scenarios, uh, it's really important. There are many resiliency plants in many places all around the world, like uh, the east coast of the U.S., here in in Europe. So I've been working in different store water or flood control projects, especially in Mexico City uh, with the Ciudad de Mexico Water Authority. And that kind of activities, when you feel that it's not just, it's like, because when you have water in the area, flat water, store water, it's not just like having water close to you. Uh, flooding events comes with a mix of clean water with sewage and different run of water. So that's a health issue. So in my opinion, I like the clean water projects, but these kind of store water projects are more like important to me somehow because the health is very, very important and supporting the health of the people living in the area, uh, I think is important for all of us. That's another type of projects I used to be involved, uh, store water projects, and also because of the water scarcity, desalination projects. At the end, we need new sources for water. Uh, there are not many reservoirs, so uh, the desalination is and the reuse is the future for water supply in our lives. Absolutely, absolutely. And I, I think that we are, as a, a nation for sure, um, looking and trying to figure out, you know, how are we going to reuse our water? But I'm really excited to hear that you're going into Mexico too. First of all, because you can speak the language, and I think that that's really important for you to go in. And, and again, uh, another role model there for, you know, engineers 
there in Mexico. I know several ladies who have reached out to you to, to talk to you about, you know, what they could do, what, what's the best career path and that type of thing. And just educating other people on the jobs that are out there within the space. And so I'm excited to to have you there too. So you can be a resource wherever you go, you know, and, and I think that also just mentioning something fun for a minute, the travel that you do and how you go through the cities and walk the cities and just, you know, that's our happy place. But you probably also see like the challenges of, like you said, stormwater and just the adventure of seeing all that probably is really fun for you as well. Yeah, I, I need to walk a lot in order to like to clean my mind. So when I'm traveling, I take like 30 minutes every day to walk in order to to refresh my mind. So I take that opportunity to visit uh, facilities. Uh, I also love uh, visiting uh, the areas of the university of the big cities. So that kind of things, I'm used to see how the people interact each other, comparing with the people here in my area, because even if looks like everyone in every place, everything is similar, the culture is different. So I like to to look at the people and realize how they behave in different countries. Yeah, I love that too. It's uh, it's great to be able to take that in and learn from it and, and just, yeah, appreciate it. So um, I'm, I'm curious what you would tell people, and you've alluded to this about being a good industry to be in, but what would you tell kind of that younger generation um, or even somebody in our industry, you know, as far as advice about being here? I know that at first sight, the pump industry is not very attractive for the people in the university. So I like to think that with all these things I publish with this passion, I try to transmit to the people talking to me about water, I would like to inspire to try this business because it's not just pub industry. To me, it's everything related. It's water industry. I always say, just in case, try something. Go to a company, apply for a job, and inside the company, you can try different roles. You can be in the technical department if you love to design and to make calculations. And maybe with the years, like in my case, you can complete your profile with different tasks, maybe uh, interacting with different projects, uh, being in contact with customers, with water authorities, with different disciplines inside your company. You can try different things to create your profile inside a company. And if once you try, you don't love this, go to another way. But in my opinion, because in my case, it was pure coincidence and I love it. I think once you try this, you are going to love this industry. Yeah. And you also was mentioning like, so if you're at one job within the company, you may not like that particular job, but you can change to another job within the same company or something like that. At the beginning, it's complicated because maybe you are the new one and you have to complete many things. But I think it's very important to open and speak with your responsible to transmit your feelings. If you feel that you would like to try new things, maybe it's possible, maybe it's not. Maybe they are not considering you because you are not openly uh, asking for different tasks. So I think it's important to create that kind of uh, mentoring inside the company, someone that is uh, driving you through your first years, especially when you are considering different things. But if you have something inside, openly speak with your responsible because at the end in a company, you are going to have like two jobs. The ones we are going to hire you 
the, that is the description is in the in the job description and you are going to create your company profile with the extra tasks you are going to consider inside the company so as for being involved in new projects as to participate if you consider that you need more support in order to increase the knowledge of your area as for training to me it's very important the open speaking with your responsible and to try different disciplines if possible inside the company yeah that's such great advice yeah because maybe you are a good technician but you are also a good sales guy so try different things in order to to shape your a company profile inside that company or inside this business. Yeah, it's really important to think like we're not just one thing, right? We have so many different skills. We have so many different opportunities. And, you know, like you said, the water industry is huge and it's so important. It's And it's problems that we need to solve for the future for everybody. And so we need all the great minds to come together to solve these problems. And I think that's what makes it fun is that it's, you know, it's not the same thing every day and, and you are making a difference, right? Yeah, right now I'm reading a, a book uh, of a Spanish a writer and it deals about the talent. And she mentions that the only way to show your talent is to find the environment and the area where that talent creates something. So sometimes you have a talent, but you have to show that you have that talent. So this kind of interacting with your responsible, asking for new tasks is the way to find what is your talent and how to show that inside the company. Before I ask you this, I'll let you kind of reflect on our conversation. And is there anything else that you want to say to our audience? Just to, I'm very professional with this industry. And I'm in the last two, three years, I'm very I like to share more than in the past things in LinkedIn because I don't think I have a very high talent or knowledge about uh, hydraulics or design, but I like to think that it's important to share. The knowledge sharing is very important uh, in all the industry. It's not just something in the pump industry. So uh, if they are interested in fluid dynamics or pump design just to follow me LinkedIn. Uh, maybe they find the inspiration for trying this industry if they are in the university or maybe if they are in another business, they have just the idea of trying this, this business because at the end, there are many disciplines and once you try, you are going to, to love this. Awesome. And also, I like to think that with that, I'm also inspiring not just new engineers, new women engineers. In in that case, to me, it's more important than in other cases. And um, she's part of our Empowering Women in Industry Steering Committee. She's been a part of that as three years now. We're going to have our annual conference in Chicago uh, online as well as in person. We'll see how that goes. But I wanted to, to share a little bit around that. And so my question or my statement is really for these women who you know, want to do something, they're kind of maybe nervous about it. And so I know that we had the conversation about coming on here and speaking and, you know, doing the video. And I'm just so proud of you. you you've you jumped into this world of podcasting. And what's your experience been, you know, there to kind of lead these other women to, to follow suit? 
I remember when you asked me first for making a presentation that I was very concerned about this strong Spanish accent dealing in English, but uh, with the years I have realized that this accent is also part of me and what makes you awesome? Yes, my person. Yeah. So at the end, if I have a voice and I want to transmit something in English, I have to be out of my comfort zone and to start showing. And this is because I'm very used to making presentation, technical presentation. That's my comfort area because I control everything and the technical uh, details and the technical wording is something I control. So I, I feel very comfortable in that role. But when I have to open speak with different things where maybe it's not my comfort zone is when I feel like, okay, my English is too strong for openly speak to other people like in a conference. But she does it beautifully, like y'all all can hear. <laughs> but yes, when you started this empowering woman in industry, to me it was like, okay, if I have the idea of uh, inspiring people, I have to be more active. And today, the only way is also to be present in conferences, uh, in social media. So to me, this platform is unique in order to inspire women all around the world. Because right now you have connected me with one woman from Venezuela and we are going to chat tomorrow. So every month we try to connect each other in order to deal about this industry in Spanish. We are going to try to connect more people also uh, dealing in Spanish, like in order to increase this connection net. I, and also I remember, and I love the t-shirt, uh, you shared in, in Chicago last time, be the change. And the only way to see the change is to be the change. I'm not sure if I have mentioned you in the past. I remember when I first started uh, applying for jobs in 2000, uh, in one of the interviews after two hours, uh, they say me, okay, you are the best one, but you are a woman. So we are not going to, to say anything right now is not legal, but if I want that not to happen anymore, and if I want to see a change, I have to start being a change, to have a voice and to to expose my feelings, my experiences and my opinion about different things, not just technical. So to me, this today, this podcast is very important because it's the first step maybe to be more present uh, in order to inspire the new generation. Well, you've inspired me uh, for sure. I've got all the feels and the tears in my eyes because... Um, I do believe that. I believe we, we, we're taking on that responsibility as being leaders in our industry. And it's a choice. It's a choice to be like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to say yes. And I'm going to then, you know, do the work to inspire. And so it is getting outside of your comfort zone and you, you do it beautifully. Yes. Your fashion is beautiful, but also your knowledge and sharing that with others is also beautiful. So thank you for everything that you're doing and for being willing to jump on here with me. I have enjoyed it. You're just such an inspiration to us all. Thank you for thinking of me, of me for being one of, the, one of these interviews. Today for me is quite important. Uh, this is my second podcast. I did another one last month. So to me it's too much in two months out of my comfort zone. But uh, I think it's as person, it's also important to me. 
going out from my comfort zone. Yeah. Well, awesome. So if anybody needs to, you know, reach out to Elena, she is on LinkedIn and we will include the link in the show notes uh, to all her great work and, you know, look for us in, oh, look for online, all the social media channels. She does a great job. Uh, And if someone uh, needs to contact me for technical things or just to ask for suggestions in the, in the path of the career, just send me an email and we could chat and I'm very open to answer everything. So just add my email so we could be in contact. That's awesome. Thanks again, Elena. It's been a pleasure. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. And we're back. Charlie, thanks so much for bringing Elena on. And Elena, thank you for doing the show. It's always great to have you participate in anything that we do at Empowering. Always welcome. Absolutely. And I just think it's such a great thing that she's doing for the Spanish community too and being a resource for them and yeah, being role models just for all of us to follow our passion and yeah. So anyway, that brings us to the end of our show, everybody. Thanks for listening to us every week. Do us a favor, leave a rating and review, five stars, wherever you're listening to us, or an awesome comment about how great Elena was if you're on the YouTube uh, video today. Uh, That really helps us in all of our our search function stuff and just, you know, lets us know that we're doing a good job. So we appreciate it. Yes, we'd love to hear from you. And you can do that by following us on social media at Empowering Pumps, mentioning us using the hashtag Empowering Industry Podcasts. Or email me at podcast at empoweringpumps.com. We'll be back every Monday with a new show. So until then, be empowering. Be empowering.